0: I got a call uh, Thursday morning at like 11.30-ish or like noon that said, hey, your locks from your trailer have been cut off. And I was like, no, you know, you just have that moment of like your heart sinks. But honestly, uh, I had a few thoughts like at that moment in between then and when I actually went to the trailer and stuff. And I thought they're great lessons. So you get some free stuff that's not on your handout today. Is that good? That's good. You're going, he's going to go long if he puts, okay, if he puts stuff in that's longer. That's okay. Listen to this passage first, James 1, 2 through 5, and you'll notice that is on the bottom of your handout, so I planned to tangent at the beginning of my talk, so I'm not going to go longer. Here we go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trailers, oh, I mean trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So the first thought that came to my mind when I, I was like, oh my word, they got into the trailer, it's all gone. Like, that was my thought. I'm like, there is way too much money inside that trailer, and we're toast, right? I was going, what do we do Sunday? And the first thought, honestly, that popped into my mind was the church goes on with or without stuff. You know, the church is about people. It's not about stuff. And we just so happen to be blessed with a lot of stuff to make the message Illustrated clear, we can project, we have a video. You know, uh, I was sure this projection was gone. I, I mean, I had no idea why it wouldn't be. The Lord just really protected us there because if we had to replace that, it would be about a couple months worth of our operating budget to replace that projector. So I, that would have been bad. Uh, but, you know, just looking at some of that, you know, I had those worries and, and you feel violated a little. It's not like it's the first time I've been robbed. Uh, but I was like, Uh, you know, the interesting thing is as the day led on and I looked and I realized uh, that uh, God foreknew that that something like this would happen, and I discovered that in multiple ways. Little did we know how strong our systems were. When we went from meeting in the Regal Theater to meeting in a school, we did something for the purpose of making Open Life more volunteer-friendly, We spent what seemed like an irrational amount of money on containers to wheel everything in and out, because I'd heard too many stories of churches that had uh, purchased, like, a trailer to haul their church, or two trailers to haul their church, and they had bodies walking back and forth carrying tubs, and how it burnt out their volunteers, and eventually the church died. And so, I was like, you know, in dialoguing, in in this… uh, instance, we, we shared resources with Mars Hill, and we were like, oh man, you know, they said, if, we, if you can't set up in 30 minutes, you got too much stuff, you don't have the right containers. So, we c- consulted with them and purchased the containers they use and we realized more than ever, like, the money we spent to buy those containers, we saved this week by not having items <laughs> stolen out of them, because they couldn't get into it uh, without unloading the whole trailer, which would just take way too much time for somebody to do. So, I was like, oh, my word, thank you, Lord. Like, we, those just paid for themselves. And we, we got all these containers for the purpose of volunteers, but little did we know we would actually need it for the sake of not losing more tens of thousands of dollars of stuff versus just $3,800 worth of stuff. So, uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was intriguing to me that uh, as well, as I had a thought, because where we were keeping our trailer behind the Eli Hill Baptist Church, or I think they're called Church on the Hill now, but uh, so as where we kept our, our trailer there, Pastor Russ called me, and and I was like, and I remember when we decided to store it there. we It's close, so that's why we chose to store it there, but he was like, you know, we are a little close to, to Prairie Ridge. You know, he said that. I mean, he's like, we're a little close to Prairie Ridge, and I don't know how safe the container's going to be but we've never had anything stolen before and I was like okay you know well we'll risk it we'll we'll, we'll you got to got to have faith right so just got to have faith anyway so it was interesting to me as I had this thought when I was like inventorying and the stuff and discovering what was gone is, I had the thought you know what with the school supply give that we do here in between now and the fall, we're going to start collecting uh, money towards providing 100% of the school supplies for Liberty Ridge Elementary School. And uh, and as, as we start building up towards that, I was thinking, oh my goodness, if this is a family that just had such desperate need that they broke into a trailer to steal, they got all of elementary and the viewing room pretty much technically, all the TVs and projectors and stuff. So, we were like, if they needed that to, to make ends meet or to like cover whatever their habits are so that their family eats or, I mean, they had a great enough need to do this, unfortunately, it's, it's a tough place to be in life. But chances are, we'll provide their kids school supplies in the fall. And as I started to think about that, I thought of Matthew 5, 38 through 41. You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. This is Jesus' teaching. He says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on a right cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. And I was like, it actually brings me joy to have that thought that we could provide them school supplies. Isn't that interesting? I hashtagged the post of, you know, they didn't cut the locks to the trailer, they cut the trailer, right? And uh, so that's probably going to be the most inconvenient and spendy thing. But so, you know, they just did some vandalism. And and when they did that, I was going, uh, you know, turn to them the other cheek. Go with them another mile. And I hashtagged it You know, church is about the people, not stuff. And a few people commented, man, keep that attitude, keep that attitude. And although it's really difficult to have that attitude at times, genuinely, that's our culture, that's our attitude. And that's a tough teaching. It's teachings like this that got Jesus these radical disciple followers that were living a different life than traditionally, because most people were thinking eye for eye tooth for tooth. And Jesus was like, no, give them both teeth. You know, I mean, that's brutal. Oh, you knocked a tooth out. Can you get this one? I want a matching fair, right? You know, it's like, it's just very intriguing. His teachings were hard and tough. And so when we're walking through, like, the Gospel of Luke and we're looking at things, it's easy for us to go, oh yeah, mile, go another mile. It's, it's easy to read. But in the heat of the moment, is that what we practice? So I've got the chance to walk into the sheriff's department there and, you know, file a report and stuff. And I know all these guys. They hang out at my office. And uh, so I shake their hands all the time. And uh, so they're like, Thad, what are you doing here, you know? And not only that, you know, a couple of we- years ago during Love Week, we we had Liberty Ridge Elementary students make cards, Valentine's cards for all the sheriffs. So so I was like, hey, you know, so, so I kn- I've known these guys for a couple of years, and, and they're like, oh, bummer. Hey, we're watching for your stuff. You know, we're watching, you know? And and oh, one of our sponsors for Big Give a year ago was the the Pawn Shop, and so she's all about like, I hope they come in here. Oh, this is going to be fun. Who even wants weezing?" anymore, you know? And so, it's like, they stole our wees. Joke's on them, you know? So, it's just like, it's so funny. But, it, you know, and then here's the funniest one. Can I just, you know, God has a sense of humor, and one of our key cultures is, you know, we're fun. Jaden and I were sitting there when we realized they took our banner. They took the open life teardrop, one of the open life teardrop banners that's out there in the wind, you know, the little wind sail banner. We're like, what do you do with that one? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, is it a blanket? It's a, what is that? That was a funny one. I don't know. I'm still, I'm perplexed about that one. Somebody's marketing our church somewhere today. <laughs> Website's on there. It's all good, I guess, you know. But uh, uh, Jaden and I paused as we were inventorying it Thursday evening and just said, the Lord is good because they looked at everything in that container that they could look at. I was a very small person to climb into that container. And uh, we were like, because they didn't empty it, so they could only get through. And, and we found out by moving just one case, we made our container like way more secure than it even was, but it was really secure. We just thanked the Lord, because $3,800 lost is not a lot of money. It could have been tens of thousands. And then one of the coolest things happened. Uh, in the whole God foreknew, and and maybe if you saw on Facebook the post, somebody posted that on there. They're like, hey, it's a good thing that God, you know, knew this was going to happen. I was like, what? He said, God foreknew that this was going to happen because uh, I have a sound system. There's a gentleman who was going to plant a church in West Seattle and didn't, started buying the supplies for it. And so, in that… Started buying, he's got sound system projector, projector is one of the things we lost, and you know, and, and he was just like, So he started listing out all these things, and he says, They're free, they're in my garage, they're open lives now. And I tried to give them away and never could, and so now I know why. And I was like, That's pretty sweet, that's pretty cool, you know. And the funny thing is, is when we were moving from the theater to a school. We had, we had 37 cents in the bank, if you remember the story, when we discovered that, oops, we're out of money, right? And uh, so when we were doing that whole course correct, I was told uh, that this church was going to plant in West Seattle that, wasn't, that hadn't worked yet, and that there was some sound systems and technical stuff, and like a trailer, and, and, and that we should call them. So I tried and never could get a hold of the person. This is the person. So now, you know, three years later, the stuff that we were hunting for, <laughs> it's just so funny to kind of think. And then the church we helped start, Living Hope, down in Sumner at Sumner Middle School, Brent Osborne, when we, we helped apprentice him and send him out, he actually has the trailer that all that stuff used to be in now. So, so now uh, it's, it's so funny to see how everything comes around. But I want to pause, and I want to pray uh, for, for just you know, we do we do need to course correct to get the viewing room back up. It's All that stuff's gone, and, and then TVs and wheeze and the different things that were back there and kids, uh, just to really pray that, that for, for what to do back there. Wisdom as we move forward. It was an inconvenience of time. We have to move the trailer, just all that stuff. So, we'll pause and pray for that, and then the people who took it. We want to pray for them because they obviously have a need. So, God, I just thank you for the opportunity that… Uh, that we have to still do church with sound today and projection, because that could have been bad, and it would have taken us a long time to recoup that. But I just pray that um, you would touch the people's hearts that did this. Maybe they're going to find themselves to the website. They've got it on a banner, and they'll, they'll start to listen to the talks and, and, and read some of the content and and that they'll find their way to Jesus and someday down the road we will chuckle about this instance. And it'd be the best $3,800 of evangelism we've spent. But Lord, I pray that you would, you would bless them. You say in Your Word that when somebody does something against us, we should pray good upon them. We should bless them. We should, uh, so I just pray that, Lord, You would uh, allow them to get what they needed from those products so that uh, you could awaken their, their eyes to your love. And that God, you'll as well help us with wisdom, with trailer location, for storage, with what to replace and how to replace it. And uh, as we just make those choices in the coming weeks, even if somebody shows up that needs a viewing room, Lord, I just pray your, your, your blessing on, you, you know all those details. You'll work them out. And we just thank you that we're able to still meet. And uh, thank You for the foreknowledge of all the, the storage and, and that uh, to where this was not a real paralyzing moment as far as the stuff goes. The most valuable asset we have is sitting in the chairs here, and we could meet without any of the stuff. So, we just thank You for Your provision and wisdom and the blessing You're going to bring on those. I just pray Uh, you'd get them out of whatever they're in. If they're in something that they needed that stuff for, just rescue them, restore them gently. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, crazy. Jump into Luke. But this is why Luke's teachings and those who are following Luke were so looked at as radically weird because they believed this stuff. Go with them another mile also. Like if they take your pants, give them your shirt. That's awkward. My son would have no problem with that. We're trying to keep his shirt on today. But it's like, you know, it's just these teachings are crazy. And, and so some people were considered like in, in amazingly radical to follow Jesus. And, and so let's dive in and see in, in another instance of what was considered radical or whatever. Um, while I make sure my phone doesn't fall asleep as I put a timer on, because otherwise, chances are, if I don't have a clock here on my phone, I will go long. I may go long anyway. Here we go. Uh, the Luke 6, 12 says this, one of those days. So, instead of saying one day, doesn't most passages start with that? It says one of those days. So, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, spent the night praying to God. When morning came, He called His disciples to Him and chose twelve of them, whom He also designated apostles, Simon, whom He named Peter, His brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, otherwise known as Thaddeus. That's who I'm named after, Judas, son of James. And Judas Iscariot, not the Judas I'm named after, just a very important detail right there, because he became a traitor. (laughs) Does it say trailer? No, traitor. Sorry, I just read trailer everywhere right now. Uh, But so the the first thought that jumps out to me here is big decisions require focused prayer big decisions require focused prayer. Jesus, again, and we've seen Him get away to lonely places already, and we're only in Luke 6, but we've seen this pattern already in Jesus' life, and Luke really always identifies it. He wants us to know that Jesus gets away, and He prays over decisions. And this is a big one. He's about to choose the 12 people that He will build the church on. That's a massive decision. Okay, of all the disciples, so there's a crowd of disciples there. We see in a few chapters he sends out first these 12 to do ministry, two by two, but he sends out a little later 70 to do ministry. So there's potentially like 70 people standing there. He calls all of his disciples. He's been gone all night. He comes back, and he's got something very important. They know something important because he's come back from praying all night, and he's like, here we go. Uh, Peter. Who's Peter? Oh, Simon, new name, bud, Peter. Oh, cool, right? And he steps out. You know, and so he, he picks 12. Life isn't fair. I know today we would want to pick everybody. We've got to give everybody a trophy. Everybody gets a necklace with a little... You know, it's like, everybody's got to get an award. What other award can we come up with? I don't know, but everybody's got to get one. Right? That's the world we live in. So, but that's like, no, He picks 12 and designates them apostles. It's just such an interesting moment. Jesus didn't come to be worshiped in person. He came to reach the lost and empower us to minister to each other. He came to give His life for the sin of the world so that we could share that story with others so that they would know the price of sin has been paid, that love reigns now. And He lived a perfect example for us to attain to. So, the decision here was, what 12 do I most empower and train and disciple closest to be able to carry on this mission that I came for to seek and save the lost. And interesting, he didn't get away to a lonely place to build a pro and con list. Can you imagine? He's out there, he's got a okay, there's some sand there on the mountainside, and he's like, Simon, pro, uh, fishes so he could fish for men. Okay, it's good. Con, impulsive. Uh, unkept, uh, smells like fish. Yeah, not so much. You know, he didn't do that. He didn't build this. Uh, Judas Iscariot. Let me see. Uh, Knows how to count money, influenced easily. (laughs) I don't know. What would his list look like? But he's just like, you know, that's not what he did. He went out and he prayed to God and he listened. And God, His Father in heaven, spoke to Him through the power of the Holy Spirit and gave Him of all of His disciples. However many were there, we do not know. He's already had great crowds following Him, but He was given 12 names, one of which was going to give Him up, but He obeyed. He still obeyed God, and He chose Him. Interesting to me. That's like huge. Jesus called on His Father and just listened. And when I considered this and I considered how crazy, you know, of a moment this was, I mean, because it's real easy to just read past this spot. Oh, yeah, the 12 disciples. But when you consider this and and the fact that Jesus just totally listened and obeyed with those 12 names, it made me think back to Gideon. And maybe you've never read this passage, so I want to jump back to this moment in Judges 6 and 7 where it talks about this guy, just an unlikely character to be a leader in the first place, but uh, the angel of the Lord shows up to him and tells him that he is going to help God's people like win a battle, and he needs to raise up an army and do it. So, he's, he's going through the process of raising up this army, and we'll catch it in, in uh, Judges 7 verse 1. It says, early in the morning, morning Jerubbael, that is Gideon, I'm so glad they made the name Gideon because I just don't want to ever say that again. And now all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. So, Midian is the enemy, Israel, God's chosen people. In order that Israel may not boast against me, that her own strength has saved her, announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while (laughs) 10,000 remained. Yikes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That is brutal. Hey guys, yeah, so, you know, Open Life, we're going to go do door-to-door evangelism today. If anybody's a little nervous about that and you need to like go home and make yourself some nachos before USA, whoops up on Portugal and a little bit of soccer this afternoon, go ahead. If you're a little fearful, go home. And it's like 10 of us are left. I'm like, oh crap, what do I do (laughs) here? It's like, this is not good. There's only 10 people. I was going to do like five neighborhoods. It's going to take forever. I don't know. What is this? What is this even to? I just don't, goes on. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Well, I'm going into battle. Is there such a thing, right, as too many men? So he says to him, there are too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you there. If uh, if I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. I'm just thinking this is kind of like the conversation Jesus had at the mountainside all night long to pick 12 people. If I say Judas Iscariot, Jesus, pick Judas Iscariot. But dad, but dad, come on. I mean, you you know, he's going to put me on. Come on, dad, right? Verse 5 Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, "'Separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink.'" Really? 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths, and the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. He went down to 300 people 22,000 leave, 7,700 gone. Woo! This is crazy. Not a good resume. Yeah, I led an army. Uh, 300 of what started 30,000, right? It just didn't work. The math wasn't in his favor. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down to the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, this is God saying this to Gideon, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. If you're afraid, is what God said to him, right? And it concludes, so he and his servant went down to the outpost of the camp. Why didn't he leave with the 22,000 that were fearful before, right? He's like, well, I guess they could leave, but I can't. But I'm afraid, God, right? But, so he goes down to the camp because he was afraid, I think any of us would be, it's interesting, the lessons we can learn from stories like that. that and and we, maybe we just don't see that naturally when Jesus goes to the mountainside to pray, but that's what Jesus was going through at the mountainside all night. Why was He praying all night? What do you pray about? You know, you, how do you pray all night? One. And then what do you pray about all night if all you're trying to do is select 12 people? Not a difficult task, Jesus. Come on, Right build a spreadsheet or something, figure this out. We don't know the process he went through, but it must have been this kind of a conversation with God, just wanting to make sure he was hearing from God. Gideon didn't want to go into battle. Gideon was nervous. He wasn't a warrior. And he ended up going into battle with a promise that 300 dudes with trumpets are going to help you. This is kind of crazy stuff. God wanted a few men with horns that were fearful and dependent on Him because He wanted every person to know that it was not a deliverance of human effort but of divine provision. And that's exactly why He wanted to build His church on these 12 unlikely characters we see in Luke 6. He wanted to build the church on these unlikely guys so that we could see God's amazing provision. It's easy for us to call the gifted and empower the gifted, but God gifts the called. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to call the 12 of you out, and I'm going to gift you, versus, well, you guys are all qualified. Follow me. They weren't qualified. They were going to become qualified over the course of three years. Many of you maybe would see yourselves in the crowd of those following Jesus, or you're just kicking the tires of Jesus still, trying to learn more about Jesus, but you're like, you would see yourself as a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're in that crowd. Some of you would feel like, no, I'm like, I'm I'm discipling people now, I'm in a place where now I know my life example leads others towards Jesus, and you would be exactly what's being called a disciple here because you're, you're learning from Jesus and you're, you're passing that learning on. Or maybe then this call of apostle which is about to come out, that's somebody who's going to take new territory, somebody you're feeling a dream in you, and, and it's something that is yet to be done to reach those who have yet to be reached. And in that moment, that's the moment you get that Gideon call or, or, or what these 12 are experiencing in this illustration where it's like, I'm a little afraid of what's going to happen next. Why did Jesus just change my name? What's up here? You know, Gideon, why, why, why am I going into battle? Okay, I'm going to go listen because I'm afraid honestly, right? I'm a little nervous about the next step, Lord. And if you're nervous and if you're feeling that itch like, I think God's calling me to do something beyond what I've done, this message is very specifically for you today. The second thought here today is Jesus called all to be His disciples. Notice He calls all His disciples. He only chose 12. He only designated 12, but He called all of His disciples. The concept of calling is critical for us to grasp, that we're all called on the mission of Jesus to seek and to save those who are lost. That's His mission. He defined that a couple weeks ago, right? When we were reading before, a couple chapters ago, He defined why He was here, he was here for those who were sick. They needed a doctor. And so he's called. He's appointed. He's like, he's like, we all are. When we discover who Jesus is, we realize we're supposed to make him known. It's not nearly as radical as it sounds to love Jesus and to love others. You know, we think, well, if I'm a disciple, i gotta just, I got to be weird. I can't shave anymore. i got to let my hair grow out. No, that's just a real soccer fan. I'm just saying, okay, you can shave. You just got to grow your hair out Uh, because you got to wear it in that. Jaden, do you have that little headband thing on today? Okay, anyway, so, you know, if you're really into soccer, breaking your nose and bloody eyes, I don't know why head injuries aren't sued for in soccer. Have you watched those guys at all in the World Cup? But it's distracted me a little on the Spanish station that I've been watching it on because I don't get ESPN. But anyway, um, so... I can, I can say, go, la, go, la, go, It's way more entertaining on that station, but okay, moving on. It's not in my notes, sorry. Uh, Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says this, Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul here in this moment is saying, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what being a disciple is. Follow me as I follow Christ. And and by the way, follow all the good things, because I'm going to mess up a lot, because I'm human. Right? That's what he's saying. Focus on whatever's pure and true and noble. I'm going to do some other things. Don't focus on that. Keep your focus off of that right now. Right? It's like, he's just like, but finally, you know, whatever is true and noble and pure, those things do as I do. <laughs> it's an interesting teaching when you really think about it. I'm going to mess up a lot, but follow me. Right? That's what open life, We put in writing for a reason, people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's being a disciple. That's the mission of Open Life. That's why we have a trailer full of stuff that's very vulnerable, we found out. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so that we could help this moment of worship and coming together and celebrating what God is doing in and through our lives out on mission in community. We could come together and celebrate what God is doing. Because we're following Jesus and we're helping other people. We're connecting with people and serving and and, and sharing. It's a beautiful thing. Point three, Jesus chooses, or as your notes say, chooses, sorry about that, some to be apostles. I did not go to school very long. Doesn't really graduate from UW, just, just went to, I chose just to go to UW, right? That's why I wouldn't know how to spell that if I went to Wazoo or somewhere central or <laughs> just kidding. Jesus chooses some to be apostles. It's very intentional. And I love it that way. I think Jaden corrected it for the screen. Thank you, Jaden, for being human spell check. I need that on my computer. I think you meant chooses that in an email after I'd printed the handouts. That's cool. It's awesome. Uh, Jesus uh, chooses some to be pioneers, basically. Apostles here in this instance are those, again, who are going to go somewhere that hasn't been forged yet. They're going to do something fresh. In fact, according to Scripture, they're going to preach the resurrected Jesus, as we see in the book of Acts. They're going to Luke's next book for Theophilus, Right? He's writing Luke for Theophilus. The next book he's going to write is called Acts. And that book is going to describe the early church and all the occurrences there. And he refers to the apostles. Having 12 apostles was very important to them because after Judas took his life, they selected another apostle. And these apostles, or as Paul calls them later, super apostles, because they hung out with Jesus a long time, preached that Jesus resurrected they preached the good news with the reality that Jesus was resurrected and they took that to places Ephesians 4:11 through 12 says it was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And God is calling still today. He's choosing and delegating still today. He's calling people to go from follower of Jesus to disciples of Jesus, and He's calling people to go from disciples of Jesus to apostles within our realm of influence. He's calling some to step out and step up. He's always doing it. Something scary for some of you maybe today is is to reveal to you that over the course of 17 years of ministry, God has used myself and Dana in ministry in a way that allows us, we've just reproduced ourselves a lot. And we're constantly shocked how many preachers we've been able to, to raise up and how many people who just love Jesus and are key volunteers in churches, maybe still vocationally, not necessarily full-time vocational ministers, but they're on mission with Jesus, changing the world while in the marketplace even. And we're just going, we have an opportunity to disciple them and, and send them out and, and help them find their call and anoint them and pray for them and watch them specifically move in their gifting and make a huge impact in the world. I love that. And here's why it's scary for some, because you're feeling that sense that, ooh, maybe there's something I'm supposed to do. And some of you have already been caught in the crosshairs of that. You like have a thought on your way to church. Okay, God, I think I'm supposed to do something. And the next thing you know, you have a small group in your house a couple weeks later. Because God was speaking to multiple people about it, not just you. He was choosing you. He was designating you to do something even greater. And yeah, some of us in the room might go, man, I want to do something great, but I've never sensed that God has, has called me out. And, and well, you know what? I'm praying that God starts calling people out. That's why we knew when we started Open Life that we were going to be a church that reproduces itself. That's why we've had the opportunity to to invest in so many pastors and send them out because we know that we've reproduced ourselves. We've been able to see the gift they are to the kingdom. And maybe some of you in here will be a next open life campus pastor someday. Hearing that confirms the thought you've had and now you're scared like Gideon and, right? If you're scared, you should do this. You would do it Because you know god's just itching he's doing something he's stirring in you to do something beyond what you've done and the holy spirit i just believe in a text like this today wants to confirm this in you and they do something interesting in scripture especially in the old testament because oil was a representation of the holy spirit they would pray with people and they would actually take like a horn of oil and dump it on their head that'd be messy but i do have a little bit of anointing oil a little jar here I'm not going to dump it on anybody's head but I will pray for you and and I just want to be available here they're going to sing a worship song I'm going to pray in closing and for those of you who have yet to respond to Christ right now would be a great moment to invite him to be your Lord like because he loves people you can hear that here in this text and we'll give you a chance to respond to that but as well I want to pray for those who are feeling that nudge to go beyond disciple to apostle You're feeling that leadership call. You're feeling that I think I'm supposed to step out and do something. I'm fearful of it. The enemy's telling me I'm not qualified. But we want to pray for you today. So God, I thank you for those that are here. And I thank you for a number of them that maybe have yet to choose you as their Lord in the room today that they would make that choice first and foremost. This, this group that was there with Jesus after he came back from the mountainside had chose to follow you as Lord. They were your disciples. And so I pray that that's the first step in the room today. If anybody is yet to confess you as Lord and begin to grow an understanding of what it means that you paid the price for their sin on the cross, that you rose from the dead so that they could have eternal life, you conquered death, hell, and the grave. I pray if they've yet to realize that, today they would confess Jesus and it would be their day. They would check that box on their connection card saying, I choose to follow Jesus as Lord. Maybe some are reconnecting with you, but I know there's a specific, a very specific group in the room, and you've been stirring in their heart to do something for you. And I just wanna anoint them and pray for them today. Myself or Jaden or whoever, there's a number of us, but that they would simply step out, which might, they might be afraid to do. But as you challenge Gideon, if you're afraid, go down. So today, if there's those that are being stirred and called, may they come down here as I stand to pray for them or as Jaden stands to pray for them, as Jamie sings a song of worship. And may we anoint them to be the leader you're calling them out to be and agree with them in prayer today. In Jesus' name.